0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على المؤوس رحمة للعالمين نبينا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد اليوم أول من شهر, من شهر رمضان المبارك نبدأ بإذن الله تعالى درسنا uh, Insha'Allah, Allah, we will be dealing with the uh, Tafsir of the Book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, uh, focusing on Surah Al-Kaf until the end of uh, Ramadan, and then we go back to the normal uh, classes. Insha'Allah uh, usually today is the Salihin, but uh, we will replace it since the month is the month of Quran with the Quran. Insha'Allah Taala. So uh, I have chosen uh, Surah Al-Kaf because uh, almost every 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 day. Or every week we are dealing with it. So at least a person will go out with uh, a clear uh, understanding of what the Surah means. And also at the same time to be able to uh, imagine the lessons when you are reading the Surah al kaf on Friday or any other day when you are reading the, the, the Surah. And also to appreciate the reason why the Prophet wasallam emphasized on, on the Surah. It is a Surah that carries uh, great, great, great lessons. And I hope, inshaAllah in these uh, uh, classes that we're going to be having uh, to be able to uh, finish with the surah inshallah ta'ala. Uh, so every week we'll be having uh, uh, three classes inshallah every week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday inshallah ta'ala. So may Allah SWT grant us good and tawfiq and uh, uh, make it a uh, success insha'Allah. Uh, uh, surah Al-Kahf, Surah Al-Kahf is uh, revealed to the Prophet ﷺ when he was in Makkah before the uh, migration of the Prophet ﷺ, before the Hijrah. That's why they call it Makkiyya. And uh, uh, these sewers, uh, which are uh, Makkiyat, you know, they are focusing on Iman and also history and akhlaq and patience in general. So that's why you see most of the surahs in Makkah, they are more on history and Iman, especially Iman bil Yombil Akhir. Uh, this Surah has, has all of them, straightforwardness, history, you know, and akhlaq, and also humbleness and zuhd. And also it talks about also the, uh, what do you call, the Iman bil-yawm al-akhir, wal-jaza. So it has almost every feature of the Makkan Surah, Get the idea, so the Surah Makkiyah, and the sabab of the nuzul of this Surah can confirm this. Uh, 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 the Ibn Ishaq mentioned, and this is authentic, that uh, one of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu surat al-kahf. So, and he was reading surat al-kahf, one of the companions. Uh, it is mentioned that uh, that companion was uh, Usaid ibn Khudair, one of the leaders of the Ansar in uh, Medina. So he was reading surat al-kahf and there was an animal, a horse in that, uh, in that house. Whenever he started reading the horse will jump and start uh, running away from him. So he himself also got scared, because when he read, <laughs> the horse will run away. Uh, so uh, he doesn't feel okay. So he kept on looking here and there, and then he looked up and then he saw clouds, you know, a group of clouds coming to him, you know, lower, I mean, uh, uh, to the low level. You can see them just <laughs> at his level no. So uh, that's the reason why the horse was running away. Uh, so, فَذَكْرَ لِنَبِي So he stopped reading. In the morning, he mentioned this to the Prophet وسلم, that this is what happened with him. So the Prophet said, اقرأ فلان فإنها سكينة So the Prophet told him, no, you are supposed to continue reading. Because this is a sakina that is uh, usually coming down because of the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So he says, "In the Quran." The Prophet has told him that you are supposed to be reading, you know, because this is the angels, you know, they came. As it happens also with one of the companions of the Prophet Wasallam, he was also reading uh, Surah uh, al kahf or any other uh, surah in the Quran, and then uh, he also saw the the, the Sahab you know the clouds on top of his head and this time around there there is something even that looks like light coming out of the clouds so when he sees the camels or the horse running away he also did not manage to continue out of the fear of what he saw and the prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told him that this is the Sakina. Sakina means uh, tranquility and comfort that Allah SWT is granting those people who gather themselves or somebody who sit down to re- recite the book of Allah SWT and have a better understanding of, of the book. So, Usayr ibn Khudayr was told by the Prophet, Iqra'a, tu tanzilu in Quran. He said, This is the Sakina that usually comes down when somebody is re- reciting the book of Allah. SWT. So, this is counted as a virtue of the surah itself. The virtue of the surah itself. And the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever memorized ten verses of Surah Al Kaf, the first ten verses of Surah al kahf Allah SWT will protect him from the evil of Dajjal. You know the Jal uh, is a human being. This is a fact that the Jal is human being. Any other interpretation, somebody will tell you that the Jal is this and that. Rasulullah understood the Jal to be a human being and Allah wa ta'ala, did not correct him. That means his understanding is correct, that the Dajjal is human being. The al in the hadith of Al-Jassasa found in Sahih Muslim, he witnessed, he saw the Dajjal. He saw the Dajjal, you know, and the Prophet wa ta'ala, confirmed that, and he asked him to narrate the story to the people. So it was a human being. So the Dajjal was the worst entity that was ever, you know, uh, created in uh, which uh, he passed this, this life you know. The Prophet ﷺ said From the time Allah created this, this world People have never witnessed Something that is worse than the trial of the Dijjah Until the Day of Judgment They will never see a fitna That is similar to the fitna of the Dijjah and, and this is a very, very rich you know, information you know, That everyone should be waiting for to know that this hijal is coming. And the Prophet ﷺ said, because of the, the the strength, you know, and the hardship, you know, and the, the nature of this fitna, every single Prophet of Allah has spoken about it. The Prophet ﷺ said, Nuhun Nuh used to tell his people, beware of the ijjal. be careful, be careful, Dajjal is coming, the jail is coming, and on and on. But since he did not appear during the time of Nuh salam, or Ibrahim or any of those prophets and the messengers of Allah for sure he is going to appear in the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu so the prophet sallallahu said if Dajjal arrives while I'm still alive he said don't worry I will take care of him but if Dajjal comes while well, I've already I mean, gone back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says everyone should take care of himself but I believe Allah SWT will replace me in taking care of the good ones. So one of the means, since this is the Jad, everyone will be asking, how do I protect myself from him then? One of the best means to protect yourself from the evil of the Jal is to memorize the first 10 verses of Surah al kahf For sure, the Jal is coming in the ummah, Muhammad In the last part of this life, the Jad will arrive. And his fitna is considered to be the greatest fitna because he deals with Iman. Any fitna that affects your body, that affects your aql, you know, that affects your health, wallahi, this fitna is simple, you know, this fitna is simple, people can handle, no problem. But the worst type of fitna is the fitna that affects your iman, because you can die out of hardship and poverty and difficulty, but if you maintain your iman, you go to paradise. The Prophet, sallam, uh, if you remember those of you who are following us in our uh, dars of uh Maram and Adai dawa you know that the Prophet ﷺ said, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the person who is the worst type of people in terms of poverty. Not in terms of iman, the one who experienced the hardest kind of life in terms of poverty. But he managed to succeed in terms of maintaining his iman. And then he goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put him in paradise, you know, just for a moment, a few seconds you can say, you know. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him a question. Did you ever witness in your life something bad in your life? Did you ever witness a hardship in your life? Did you ever see difficulty in your life? And guess what this person said? He lived a life which you can say miserable, you know, subhanAllah. But when he gets into the paradise, just one moment in paradise was enough to cause him to forget every difficulty that he witnessed in that life. He will say to Allah, yeah, no, ya yeah Allah, I have never seen difficulty in my life. One moment can I mean, be enough to cause a person to forget his difficulties in life. So that's the reason why I said any fitna, any calamity that is affecting iman, this is the worst type of calamity. That's the reason why the jail is really an issue, really an issue for humankind because it is really a test. And not only that, during time of jail, no tawriya is accepted, you know. Tawriya is to use a word which has two meanings. You mean something, but the one that you speak into will understand something else. That's tawriya. You can say nowadays if somebody put gun on your head and ask you to uh, go out of Islam, you can go out of Islam outwardly, but inside you is Iman. It's okay, Allah SWT said that in Surah an nahl In the time of Dajjal, this doesn't work at all. It doesn't work. You must confront Dajjal if you meet him and say to him, No, you are not. Allah, you are devil. You have to disbelieve in him. And he has his hell, he has his paradise. You know what? The Prophet Allah said, we are not here to discuss this matter. But I just want us to understand the importance of memorization of these 10 verses of Surah Al-Kahf. The Prophet said the first ten verses of Surah al-Kaf, if you memorize them, you will be protected from the evil of the jaw. There are some Nasus that says the last ten verses of Surah al-Kaf. That's why I said, instead of getting into the controversy of the scholars, why don't you memorize the whole thing? Then you know, we read it every week. You know, why can't we try just to memorize the whole surah? Then you get out of this controversy of the scholars and you will be on the safe side so the Jal <coughs> i'm sorry the Jal is an entity that will arrive and he will also bring this uh, he will come with him along with the, the the greatest trial that will ever happen on earth and people will experience it before they meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the surah has so many other virtues mentioned by the scholars one of them is that if you read it on friday it is also a controversial matter, but the, the good thing about this controversy concerning when to read Surah Al Kahf is that all of them agree that reading Surah Al Kahf is a virtue. If you read it, Allah matter will reward you. Not just the reward, Allah will grant you a light which will be with you until next week. Was he added to Thalathat And also, uh, uh, three more days will be added. So, like 10 days, you will be guided. You'll be protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is Surah Al Kahf. So, by now, on, inshallah, you understand some of the reason why I said we should study the surah in this uh, month of Ramadan, where the focus and also, alhamdulillah, inshallah, this is the best time for the surah to be studied. So, we'll be having this one hour, inshallah, only uh, from five to six be then la ilaha is enough for us to maintain the focus and to see how to get the best uh, lessons you know from this uh, surah uh, may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good so the first thing uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in this surah after bismillahir rahmanir rahim it says alhamdulillahi <laughs> alladhi anzala ala abdihil kitab wa lam yaj'al lahu weyaja alhamdulillahi alladhi anzala ala abdihil kitab wa lam yaj'al lahu yaja so, uh, Alhamd is known to all of us, is a praise. Uh, praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserve the praise? Because He is the source of good in all of its forms. There is no good that is taking place on earth in this life or in the hereafter except that the source of that good is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the only one that shar, evil, cannot be attributed to to him. As the prophet SAW said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never created evil. Something that is evil from A to Z which has no benefit, Allah wa ta'ala, never did that. The scholar said, even shaitan, some people go to paradise because of shaitan. When you disobey shaitan, you stay away from him, you pass the test. Allah wa ta'ala, will elevate you in ranking. If it doesn't exist, that kind of righteousness, you will not get it. Allah Allah SWT brings and to make tamiz, who is going to follow what Allah SWT wants and who is going to follow his desire. So everything that Allah SWT created is good if we look at it in the way Allah SWT wants us to look at it, including sickness. You know, even the sickness, you know, the way suffering from the sickness and illness and diseases, if you look at it as a believer, you understand it through the glasses of the iman, you will understand that it is a virtue. It is a blessing from Allah, although Islamically we are not supposed to look for illness, we are not supposed to look for sickness, but when it comes we know that this is part of our life as a mu'min. And Allah is doing it for one of the three reasons. Number one, to wake you up. Many people get to come back to Allah and fix their attitude and minus manners and become very righteous after the sickness and the illness that happens to them. They reflect it. Many people come back to the truth after they uh, got themselves into an accident. Many people went uh, I mean come back to Allah after calamities and it strike them, you know. They went into this calamity and they came out of it with miracles. They came back to Allah, they understand that life is all about seriousness. That path they're using was wrong. They thank Allah and go back to Him. So that's one of the purposes of the calamity, the test when it comes to the believer. Whether it is sickness, loss of life, loss of family, poverty, hardship, depression, whatsoever, when it happens to a Muslim, it comes for what? To wake you up. To wake you up, to tell you that you are you are going in the right wrong direction. Life is not in the way you are taking it. Come back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The second purpose of a test is uh, to act as an expiation for you. Yeah, we have a lot of sins, you know. We do a lot of sins, you know, who we are, and everyone knows himself, you know. Wallahi, this life, everyone knows himself. Everyone knows himself. We have weaknesses, we have mistakes, we have errors. If it is against ourselves, you know, it's not quite easy, but against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from time to time, out of negligence, out of intention, you know, so many things, you know, this is who we are. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as long as that iman is there and we are willing to come back to him in repentance, the, mom, the moment we repent, Allah SWT will accept us. So He will come with a test to hit us with it, to wake you up, so that you can repent back to Him. And after the repentance, what happens is the expiation will take place. Allah SWT will remove your sins, you know, and that's the greatest virtue. One of the greatest virtues you have, I'm telling you this. Because you're going to be taken back to Allah on the day of judgment, most likely. Most likely if test is too much, you know, sometimes some of us will be going back to Allah SWT with no sin in their account. There's an absolute blessing, you know. Because going back to Allah with sins is calamity. Allah says, You want to see the, the loser, look at that person who carries oppression back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So test will come and act, act as an expiation for you to remove your sins so that you will be going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with no sins or with less burdens. And as long as you're good, as long as you repent, Allah says, He is going to meet you on the day of judgment if you meet Him with the size of the, 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 the sand of sins as long as you do not commit sin. And you repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah said he will be meeting you on the day of judgment with the same amount of forgiveness. SubhanAllah. You know, imagine, I, I know most of us cannot view this, you know, but go out one day and take one hand of sand and stay, try and see if we can count it, you know. Imagine a person who is going back to Allah ta'ala with a sin like this size. But he's, he did not commit shirk and he repented to Allah ta'ala. Allah said, I will meet him with the same amount of forgiveness. So test comes, you know, to act and as expiation for you. As I said, we don't look for it, but this is how we should look at it when it affects you and submit to Allah Taala and reflect upon it. Somebody came to the Prophet sallam, and then the Prophet sallam, asked him, Hal this is a Bedouin, you know, somebody from the village. Rasulullah asked him, did you ever get affected by Ummu Mindal? The man says, Ya Rasulullah, what is Ummu Mindal? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, bayna The Prophet Wasallam said is a, is a heat, a high temperature that is placed between the skin and the flesh. He said, No Ya Rasulullah, I never got that. He's referring to the fever. He said, No Ya Rasulullah, I never got that. And then the Prophet وسلم, told him, وَلَا Did you ever get affected by Suda? He said, was that, Ya Rasulullah. You know, this, this person amazing. Even the, even the name also, he doesn't know. He said, was that, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet sallallahu said, He said, it's a, it's, a, it's a vein that is clinging, you know, in, in, in the head. It's referring to the headache, you know as a precise description of what is going on when a person is having a headache. The man said, no, Ya Rasulullah, I never experienced that. Then the Prophet said, after he he has gone, the man left, you know, the Prophet said, whoever wants to see somebody who is going to hell, he should look at that person. Uh, Does that mean that if you don't get uh, uh, fever in your life or you don't get headache, you go to hell? No, it, it doesn't mean that. But it means that this is a human being, like anybody else. He does mistakes and errors in his life. He does many things which are wrong, which are not supposed to be done. He needs something to remove his sins. But this guy, his life is very smooth in this nature. He is committing sins, but he doesn't have experience in life. So Allah wants to inform the Prophet ﷺ that he's going to hell, because he doesn't have any kafara and he did not repent also as well. So I just want you to understand the concept of test don't worry so much because I know nowadays people are depressed. When something happens to us, we get to be depressed so much. you Whereby, know. as a believer, you can you know, make sure that you can, I mean, make the, the test to be on your side. Rasulullah said, The affair of a believer is amazing. He says, The affair of a believer is always good. وَلَيْسَ إِلَّا لِلْمُومِنِ And this is not given to anyone except for the believer. أصابه, uh, سرى, سرى if good happens to him, he will be thankful to Allah ta'ala and that will be good for him. دارى, and if evil happens to him, صَبَر فَكَانْ خَيْرَ الله. He will be patient and that will be good for him. So that's the second purpose of a test in this life. The third one is... Uh, to act as something that will elevate you in ranking, in the eyes of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, there, sometimes there is a position that Allah wants a believer to reach in paradise. And Allah knows that if this believer did not receive a test in this nature, he would never go to that place. So Allah, swt, out of his love to the believers, you know, Allah will test him so that he can get to be in that position in the hereafter. So he can see there is no loss at all. When a believer is tested, there is no loss at all. So back to the ayah, I just uh, decided to digress a bit, you know, in order to stress on this uh, benefit because we are living in the time of the COVID-19 whereby people became depressed, many people are in trouble, you know, marriages are gone, you know, people are fighting. There's so many things that psychological problem is increasing, depression is increasing nowadays in the, in the ummah, which is not supposed to be. May Allah until like, a grant is good, and strength to maintain our, our iman, you know, and to protect our heart. And to have the correct, you know, uh, you know, approach, you know, that is supposed to be done in order for the heart to be at peace. Because this is what we need. Depression never happens in the life of a person except when the heart is away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person needs to come back to Allah SWT for him to be away from depression. <clears throat> So Allah says, Alhamdulillah. So I'm just trying to tell you why, Alhamdulillah. These are just some of the ni'mah of Allah that we can see. But if you sit down to calculate and to count the blessings of Allah Wallahi, you will never be able to do so. Allah says, we do ni'mah la tuhsuha There are countless number of ni'mah, you know, blessings of Allah SWT. In every dimension, we still live, you know, yeah, you 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 still enjoy life, you know. Just look at the, the air, the water, the food, and everything, you know. Look at the origin of the creation. Look at how even Allah is blessing you after you die. Allah like inspire human beings to go and cover you under the ground, not to be, uh, I mean, left like the way animals are neglected to get decomposed, you know, and to be eaten in front of everyone by the worms and all of these things. These are all blessings from Allah. That's why in Surah Abasa, Abbas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, thuma Allah subhanahu wa caused you to die and Allah subhanahu also inspired human beings to bury you on the ground. Out of respect, you know. So Alhamdulillah. You know, Allah loves this word so much. They asked Ali bin Abi Talib about this word he said, Kalimatun Habba Allah. It's a word that Allah really loves so much. There are so many things, so many lessons mentioned by the scholars concerning this word. But wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters, the only one who deserves this kalimatul hamd is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I will conclude with this uh, uh, mention of one of the scholars so that you can understand how you live you know, in the middle of these blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But how much are you thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu Alam. The Prophet says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves whenever you eat something, you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You finish eating, you thank Allah. You finish drinking, you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They mentioned about one of the kings. He met a scholar and he asked that scholar to advise him. And that scholar looked in 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 front, look at the front of that king, and he found a, 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 a cup of water, a glass of water. He told him, sir. If Allah is to to deprive you half of this cup of water, how much should you pay to get it? He said, half of my kingdom. He said, that's fine. He said, but what if Allah granted you uh, the half of the water and you drank it? But then you try to bring it out, it doesn't want to come out. You know, this is a blessing which I think most of us don't feel it, you know, because we are living in it day and night. We don't feel it. But this is, wallahi, one of the greatest blessings that you have, that Allah wants to provide in you a system that filter the food that are not supposed to be in you and take it out of you. Do you ever think about this? There are some people out there who cannot do it regularly and normally, you know. They have to go through it through other means provided for them by the medical doctors. But will Allah's want to help you to maintain yours? Do you ever think about how to thank him? And what was the statement said by the scholar? when the king said, I will buy uh, half of a glass of water with half of my kingdom. And then the, and also he said, I, can, I, can, I will buy the water to go out of my body with the other half. So the sheikh told him, he said, sir, in mulkan la yusawi ma He says, definitely to be honest with you, sir, you have already advised yourself. Because a kingdom that is not even equivalent to half of a cup of water it is definitely something that worth staying away from it. Because you yourself, you said that this kingdom that people are fighting each other, killing each other because of it, you said to you, it doesn't even value, you know, it doesn't even have the value of half of a cup of water. How much should you pay to get that water? And you go in the vast majority of the, world, uh, the countries in the world, the cheapest thing is, is what? Is the water. One of the cheapest thing is the water. Because it's the essence of life. Do you ever think that Allah taala He made it like this so that everyone can make an achievement? And this is when you want to get the, the cleanest one, according to the way we say it. If you live like the villages, you don't even need to buy. You can get it free of charge and drink, you know. There's something stronger than that in terms of the need, which is the air. Water people can control. When you uh, don't have the, you don't pay the bill, they can cut off the bill. But imagine, when is it possible for somebody to be deprived from breathing? Somebody, somebody tells you you're not allowed to breathe anymore. They can't. And Allah I made it because you cannot live without it. At least water you can survive for three days. But if you are deprived from breathing, you have just few minutes to survive. And then you go. But look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided you a system that the air is chasing you wherever you go. And he, he created alongside with you other creation who are taking the bad air you are pro, uh, producing and they give you the good one so that the air will not finish because air also is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are going to keep consuming, a day will come whereby it finish completely. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Put in, in your surrounding are the system which is taking and absorbing the bad one and giving you the good one at the same time. How much did you pay for all of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet said, Yadullah. The hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is full, full of generosity. He gives day and night. Yadullahi mala. Layl wa nahar. The most generous one you can find in the day and the night is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives to any moment and He gives to everyone. You know. The Prophet ﷺ said, kam Like my example always, uh, look at you, I. If you have to ask the founders of UI, people who witnessed the foundation of UI, from the time it was founded, up to this moment, how much the authority spent for it? It's a huge amount of money you know, for people like us. You know, It's something that you cannot comprehend that much. It would be so huge. Ask the government here in Malaysia how much they spent to build up the country from the time it was established. It's an amount which is unbelievable. Ask the people in the world, the government everywhere, how much are they spending, you know, to build up the country and to maintain it with all the weaknesses we have. Imagine all of the things that you see now in existence, everything is going properly and intact, you know, and the system is maintained. Allah does that, you know, from day one. He controls everything for the benefit of humankind. That's why the Prophet Allah, said, Why can't you look at this and think about how much Allah subhanahu spent from the time He created the heavens and the earth so that life could be comforted on earth. Yes, Alu Every day Allah is in affair. Control everything. In the way life cannot be uh, in existence, Allah. If Allah is to withdraw his support. For a second, or a blink of an eye. So I just want us to understand why, alhamdulillah, you know, and why also Allah is the only one who deserves this. Because every good, Allah is the source of that good. Alhamdulillah, Allah says, Praise be to Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who revealed the book ala abdi. Abduhua Muhammad. Sallallahu wa That's one of the best descriptions Allah SWT gave the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam, that he called him Abduhu. Abdullah. He revealed the book to the abd Why do Allah SWT praise himself? You know, why? Because he is the one who deserves the praise and he knows that if he is to hold us responsible and accountable of praising him until he is pleased we will definitely get destroyed because we cannot please him in the way he will be pleased. That would be, be impossible. So this is also another blessing that Allah Taala handed responsibility. He himself, he praised himself. He praised himself, he himself. Allah SWT, The praise in this life is wallah. Allah. And then the hereafter also is for Allah. Imagine Allah created mercy and He divided it into 100 pieces. And He picked up only one piece, you know, one piece of it, and he, he let us share one piece. That's why I see the intensive amount of mercy in the mothers, the intensive amount of mercy in the fathers. You know, even in the animals, the mother will, I mean, disagree to step on it, on its kids, you know. This is all, all one mercy the creation are sharing. What happened to the balance? 99 pieces of mercies. The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah is keeping the balance for the benefit of the creation on the Day of Judgment. So now you understand why he is the one who deserves the praise in this dunya and also the praise in the Akhirah. Anzal Ala One of the blessings of Allah upon uh, humankind in which we have to praise him for that. Is that he revealed the book to who? Rasulullah. The most honest person who never cheated in his life, who had spoken the truth, and the most patient person that you can ever see in your life was Muhammad. Wa and wallahi, this is really, really, really mercy from Allah. Because if Allah is to send somebody, you know I'm telling the truth, many people will get into trouble because of this. If Allah is to send the book. You know, through somebody else who is not like Rasulullah, impatient, you know. We're going to be in trouble. And Allah swt did not do that. When he sent the messengers and the Prophet, he selected from the best of the best. Those people, they are so patient, you know. Imagine, you know, something that you would not believe in, you know. Except that it came from Allah swt. That's why you just have to trust it and to believe in it because it is the ultimate truth. The Prophet SAW one of these prophets, only three people followed him. And he saw another one, only two people followed him. And he saw another one, only one person followed him. And he saw another one, only, I mean, nobody followed him at all. And the Prophet said, I saw one of these prophets, his people were stoning him, or throwing stone on him. And he was bleeding, you know. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. Imagine he was just telling them, fear Allah, obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they were throwing stone on him. So they caused him to bleed. His face was bleeding. And guess what did he tell them? And what did he tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? At the moment, they were throwing the stone and he was bleeding, but at the same time, he was removing the blood, rubbing the blood from his face, saying what? Allahum magfir li fa fa'innahum la ya'alamun. They are saying, Ya Allah, I ask you to forgive my people because they don't know. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. They don't take revenge, you know. Nowadays we are all about revenge, 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 revenge. I'm just waiting for my, for my time to come, you know, that I will get my brother and then I teach him a lesson, you know. This issue of forgiveness, we don't know about it, you know. That brotherhood that used to exist among us is somehow gone. Everyone see his brother with the eyes of the dunya, how much I can benefit from you. Any mistakes, no forgiveness concerning uh, the mistakes, you know. SubhanAllah, that was not the attitude of Rasulullah sallallahu you know. Rasulullah sallam, also did the same thing with the people of Ta'if, they also did the same thing. To him, they threw a stone on him. And he also refused to let the angel of mountains to punish them. He said, no, I don't want that. Although Allah subhanahu wa sent you to ask me, uh, ask me what do I think about them, you know, he said, I don't want this. He said, I think, I believe, inshallah, if they don't accept me, Allah swt will bring out of their progeny somebody who will come and worship Allah swt I alone. That's Rasulullah He went to the battle of Uhud to protect the, 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 uh, to protect the religion, to protect Islam, to protect the Muslim community. You know, all fighting for us. Wallahi for us. You know. For us, not for anyone, for us. Not for himself, for us. For the sake of Allah SWT, so that we can have the religion and go back to Allah and succeed in going to paradise. And guess what those people did with him? They broke his teeth. You know, SubhanAllah. They broke his teeth. They cut some part of his head. They trapped him. He fell inside the, 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 what he called the, the trap. You know. Somebody hit him with the sword. But Alhamdulillah, the head of the Prophet SAW has the helmet. You know, so they hit the place and the helmet got deep inside the head of Rasulullah all of this he was doing it in order to make sure that religion reached people like us. We are Muslim because of those efforts of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi wa who was so patient. He never get bored or get annoyed of giving da'wah. He tried all the best until the time he succeed, and he's still succeeding. And he will keep succeeding until the day of judgment. So now you understand that yes, it is ni'mah that Allah wa ta'ala, sent Muhammad wa sallam, to you and it's also Allah deserved the praise because he granted you this book in which many people are taken out of the misguidance to guidance because of the book. If we stop here, it is more than enough to understand that yes, alhamdulillah, yes, alhamdulillah. All praises is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we have to praise Allah wa ta'ala, alone. You know, the one who, who Deserve appreciation and praise is Allah. So he says, Alhamdulillah, and this book is the most straightforward book. And the guidance, there is no guidance you know that is better than this book of Allah. As I said, many people have been taken away from kufr to iman, many people have been taken away from fisk to iman and righteousness, and many people have been guided from the darkness of uh, kufr and uh, disbelief to the light of Iman because of uh, uh, the book Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala sent. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, And the book doesn't have any problem it. Al-'iwaj uh, is to have something that is bent. So it's the opposite of straightforwardness. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, So it is the most straightforward book whereby every single thing is been described in it. And there is no false in it, and the book is the most accurate book you can ever find. That's why Allah SWT says, "Qayyiman." Wa is the interpretation. I mean, it's interpreted, uh, interpreted by the word "Qayyiman." Qayyiman means "ay mustaqiman, very straightforward. When you attach it with the Sunnah of the Prophet every single thing is going to be is going to be clear. So, uh, this is the first ayah in this uh, uh, surah of Al Kahf. And uh, I uh, uh, intentionally went into this uh, uh, deep uh, introduction. uh, uh, I mean, so that we can enjoy the reason why and we can understand the reason why uh, this surah is so important, you know, in a way the Prophet advised you and recommend that you should read it, you know, every week, at least once in a week on Friday. You know, or you read it any other day according to some scholars and you will be achieving and attaining the same reward. So I will stop here because I, I already uh, fixed the time. We already agreed that we will not go beyond six. So I have only eight minutes left for question and answers. If you take it beyond, beyond that, then it's up to you. But uh, let's restrict ourselves to the questions, if any. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Abdurrahman, if there is any question, uh, let me know, inshallah. Uh, the first question is by Brother Akif. Uh, the question was about the hadith where the ghulam the seeks refuge in Prophet and he seek, seeks refuge in Allah Wa ta'ala. Uh, And this hadith, uh, it turns out to be in Sahih Muslim, and it's authentic narration. So the brother was asking. Is it allowed for a person in this day and age to seek refuge in Rasulullah? Okay, I think we have already dealt with that. Uh uh you seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not in uh any other person. Whatever nobody can do it except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a Muslim is not allowed to uh, uh to do it. A Muslim is not allowed to look for it from uh, anybody other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, otherwise it will be a form of shirk wa Uh Akif, if you can uh, forward the, the text, the Arabic text, uh, I can't remember uh, it in Sahih Muslim. If you can follow, uh, forward the Arabic text, uh, inshallah let me go through it again. Uh, and then I will uh, see how to address it on uh, Thursday, inshallah when we come back, inshallah Sheik, he actually shared the text with me, so I shared it in the group, inshallah. Okay, the Arabic one? No. Okay, then inshallah, that would be great. Uh, I think that's the only question I can see for today. Okay. So if there is no any other question, uh, the balance of the, the six minutes that's left, uh, let me just utilize them for a uh, reminder. Uh, Insha'Allah and please don't forget this is Ramadan and it's only one month and uh, none of us as I always mentioned is uh, promised by Allah Taala to live until he see uh, the end of Ramadan even but insha'Allah we hope even light like Allah will see many Ramadan but we have to be realistic in our life and understand that many people did not witness uh, this month of Ramadan although they witnessed the previous one Allah Taala has taken them back and we are also a people of the same nature. We're not sure. We're not sure. And as such, the only thing that fits us is to utilize the time we're living in. This opportunity, when it goes, you might not be able to bring it back. And as such, don't waste a single second in this month of Ramadan. This is the advice I will give each and every one of us. Don't waste a single second in this month of Ramadan. Every single second in your life, you should put it in something which is beneficial to you, either to your akhirah, which is the most preferable one, or to your dunya, but no waste of time. Reduce your play, reduce your game, games, reduce your uh, jokes. A joke, no problem. But with the family, have a good life. But make sure that you do something for your akhirah. There's an opportunity given to us by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to make something for ourselves, whereby, inshallah, we'll be proud of seeing it when we meet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on the day of judgment this is my advice to you, fast as if you are told by the angel that this is the final and the last fasting you will be seeing in this life before you meet Allah Taala. <laughs> so how to utilize it and to make it for pitiful? So fast. The first thing you should do is to fast. Do it according to the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Take a light suhoor don't, don't eat so much in the suhoor because the body should feel the fasting so that you can attain the taqwa properly. You know, so don't take a lot, don't eat a lot. It is not good for your health, actually. For, even for health sake, it's not good for you. So take a light sahur. If there are no problem, you know, even if you take a bit more, insha'Allah, it will it will be uh, it will not be an issue, be the light But sahur it's really important that you shouldn't take that much. That was the sunnah. That's the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu And also within the day, you have several types of activities especially the recitation of the book of Allah Be busy with the Quran, be busy with the Quran. Reading, reading, reading a lot, as much as you can. And also try to find sometimes to read for the tadabbur, understanding you know, of that which you are, you are reading. You know. That's very important. If before or after Ramadan, you are given by Allah 10 the reward for every single letter you read. As I said, by just saying Bismillah, you, know, you have 30 rewards. If you add, by just saying bismi, you have 30 rewards. If you add the word Allah, bismillah, you get how many rewards? 70 rewards. Just bismillah, you get 70 rewards. If you read r-Rahim, you get around 190 something rewards, you know. Subhanallah. This is just bismillah, you know. Imagine if you read the whole Quran. And this is before or after Ramadan. In Ramadan, the rewards are multiplied. Subhanallah. Allah SWT multiplied the reward up to seven hundred times, up to more than that actually. So I guess this is more than enough for us to get motivated to come forward and really make this uh, month alive with the Book of ta'ala. It is, uh, I mean, more than enough to show us that this is very important time for the Quran. That Jibril every month of Ramadan comes down from the heaven, you know, to meet the Prophet sallallahu alaihi in order to read the Quran. You know, I think that should tell us a lot about the importance of reading Quran in this month of Ramadan. Every month, every month of Ramadan he has to come for the sake of recitation of the Quran. So try your best to complete the Quran 10 times in this month. If it is not possible 7 times. If it is not possible at least 3 times. If it is not possible you are too lazy or you are very busy then my advice is don't, don't you ever let the month of Ramadan finish without finishing the Quran at least once. To me, this is really a loss if you don't finish the Quran at least once. And I don't know what kind of excuse we can give ourselves because no matter how much uh, uh, I mean busy you are, you can squeeze sometimes for your own benefit, you know. So that's the Quran. And give charity, you know, as much as you can. And also at night, the Prophet ﷺ used to pray the night prayers. Don't miss the Go to the masjid. You know, don't miss the Go to the masjid and pray with the Imam. The Prophet ﷺ said it will be written for you as if you make the whole night alive. If you pray with the Imam from the beginning till the end, it will be written for you as, as if you pray the whole night. And the Prophet said, If you pray in Ramadan out of Iman and also seeking the reward from Allah, all of your sins will be forgiven by Allah. So this is a very great virtue. And at last, if you have opportunity to participate in uh, itikaf, do the itikaf for the last 10 days of Ramadan. So I'm just trying to give you this simple method, inshaAllah, that I believe if you use it, Ta'ala, if you use it properly, your Ramadan will be different from the rest of Ramadan. And each and every one of these, try and make sure that you're doing it in the way you are told that the Prophet Allah used to do it. To maximize the benefit, And also to avoid waste of time. Because if you do it contrary to his, you might be wasting your time. So with that, my dear brothers and sisters, I wish you a successful Ramadan inshallah. May Allah, Allah accept all of us and forgive our sins innahu see you insha'Allah on thursday be in light at the same time 5 to 6 inshallah assalamu alaykum wa wa